0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hey guys, welcome to Chief Concerns, the first episode of 2021, so hoping big things this year. We're with our host, former tight end Jason Dunn and former cornerback Eric Warfield. Today we're breaking down the AFC playoff bracket and some early offseason rumors. And joining us today to help us discuss all that is former Maryland Terp and longtime Chiefs defensive end Eric Hicks. Eric, thanks for coming on, man. I'm honored to have you on.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. Got my two buddies here. Look forward to talking to them and get down to some Chiefs football.
2: Yeah, that's my ride and die right there. Every time yeah. I had every time we went out to start a game, I had to get a little headbutt for me hits. Yeah. <laughs> played a long time.
0: Nine years together. That's yes, a, sir. That's a long time, especially in, in that
3: climate.
2: Man.
1: Hey Jason, did we you start- ever uh did you ever go against uh, Erica? Did you guys have some good battles during practice?
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Hicks was just one of those man he, the, the the hard hats that, that you know you had to bring it every time. It it, it never I don't care if we was just going it was walkthroughs. You always know E Hicks was coming off the ball. We, His motor ran behind. a little different. Yeah, yeah it, it never mattered. It, it never mattered. Uh well, you know what one I, thing... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say I said the one thing E that uh uh that me and uh and, and Billy Baby so always talk about was uh like out there on the field, like if you have, like a little injury, I don't care what it was, a little nick, and and you would go down, and it was almost like a, a, a you know, like a wrestling time. You know, when the, when a guy get hurt, you just be laying there. Like, yeah. What's going on? It was on? like a it was like a soccer match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know everybody huddle around you make sure you're okay, and all of a sudden you just pop up and take off running. I, I used to love it. <laughs> He's <laughs> just be right on time with it all the time, Eddie. I, I used
0: to love it, man. Seriously, seriously. Tony G. Tony G. used to kill kill me with that all the time.
3: <laughs>
0: I'll tell you, hey, I'll tell you guys one thing about Jason though, and Jason already knows this, of course. If Jason's a large individual, okay, and he has the world's a largest hands and b strongest hands. So if Jason got his hands on you, he'll tell you the play is over. There, there's no more play. You were neutralized. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time I would get to, after going through training camp and OTAs and all that, going against JD, JD, JD all the time, going into a game, that game was easy. I don't care who was trying to block me on any of the 31 other teams. After going against JD, it, it, it was much easier
3: than, than it was in practice. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what I learned a long time ago, man, when I first got into my my, my rookie year from uh uh Ed West, got him old two uh, the the two box. Ed West played for 13 years, was a tight end, probably about six two, six three, maybe two forty, two fifty. And Ed said, man, JD man, just hold him to death. He just may get these meat hooks on him, just get the meat hooks and just try to keep them in close. And I never forgot that I just like look, if I just just Keep them being close and, and as tight as I can. You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't let y'all guys as long as arm extend on me, man. I, I couldn't let that happen, you know. That's oh, yeah, you got run. real
0: short arms.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Eric and I were talking uh, before you guys came on uh, about uh, Jared Allen. He's uh, one of your uh, – he's one of the, the Hall of Fame finalists this year. It's, it's good stuff for uh, one of your former teammates.
2: I'm happy for him, man. He's had a tremendous career. He came in off the bat, you know, and did an excellent job for the short time that he had that I had playing with him. Um, you know, good. You know, I, as I was explaining to Eric earlier, I've done, um, I won't say a good job, but I try to keep in touch with a lot of the guys that we played with, and Jared is, a, is one of those guys too. So um, I'm just happy that he's 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 built the career that he's, he's built, and uh, he's uh, he's got his mentions and on his way into the to the Hall of Fame. So hats off to him.
0: Yeah, I um, uh, I can comment on Jared. Jared came in as a rookie in 04, so me and Eve would have been about seven years in the league at that point. And uh, Jared was very immature, uh, just yeah. like just like we all were at that age when you get thrust with money. And now Jared took it to a little bit of the extreme sometimes. And uh, I do remember, uh, I remember driving him vividly to some of his appointments that he had to go through to get some of the entanglements done that he was associated with. And uh, to see where he was back then to where he is today, a finalist for the NFL Hall of Fame from a 1AA school. He's got a beautiful family, and uh, it looks like he really got the world by the you-know-what. So I'm proud of him.
1: Yeah. And he was always a fun player to watch. Um, I loved his, uh, his sack celebration. That's something that w- I used to mimic in the, during recess in, uh in elementary school. So it's uh, it's, it's a cool thing to see him um, you know, get, get to that point right now. Um, Jason, do you have any stories with uh, about uh, Jared?
3: Oh, of course, man. I mean, and, and, and you know, just kind of uh, piggybacking off those guys, uh, him coming in, man, he, and, and he matured a lot and, and think he's doing now as far as, you know, kind of helping veterans out and, you know, building homes i mean he, he's he's come a long way i mean all, all of us have really but uh you know just to see his progression you know from where he was and and i remember he used to come with that the car with the great big old steel horns on the on the front of it uh used to wear the old like polyester suits i mean he, he's just a just a overall just a funny guy you know that, that's just who he is and and when you see guys like that you just have to cheer for him and you know just like i said battles with 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 eric uh uh you know, he was the same one, just kind of a, a guy that would always bring you know hard work to practice every single day, uh, and it was just uh, it was a pleasure, you know, just seeing him develop, uh, and and man, I, I've just been so proud of him doing his development where he's at right now, and and being able to be a uh, promise uh, uh, in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, man, he he's he's got a stellar career, so he definitely he's earned it. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, you
2: know, we a, had we had some compl- I'm not to cut you off, JD, but we no, had yeah. some complicated defensive schemes with with Greg Robinson and uh, one in particular which I really hated. Uh, If I was backside with a receiver, backside of the trips, single receiver, it was kind of a, a man zone defense. So I would have to take that receiver man to man by myself, no help at all. My only help was when I was to that backside, it was usually to the side of Jared. Jared was my help. Jared had to drop back in coverage. Now you gotta understand, like our defensive ends were my was our our biggest help when it came to pressure on the quarterback. So I got E Hicks and I got Jared. That's gotta that I need them for help trying to get the quarterback. Well, shit, I got one of the guys that's dropping in the coverage and one of them just going by itself So I used to hate that defense, you know. But he was I, he was athletic enough and he would drop back at times, but. It really never helped us so, <laughs> so we didn't run that defense that much. But man, yeah. you talk about a scheme that I used to hate. I used to sit there like, why the hell we got Jared dropping back in the zone coverage and me in an off coverage just do one-on-one. Like, that's, that that's that make a whole lot of sense. So, but, yeah, you know. No, that,
3: explain it, because that's, that's a crazy concept in itself. I mean, just to even think that. They have a defensive end. It has its hand in the dirt, you know, to drop back in coverage. From single receiver, but I guess it's, you got single receiver back there. Right to you. Yeah, so he, he. I guess they're looking for the only way I'm thinking about it right now is what a slant. He just he, so he's he, got
2: all underneath inside routes. He's going to cover. Jared is supposed to be okay. all underneath inside routes, right? But he's right. a defensive end. You know, yeah. we see in some in, in some defensive schemes nowadays. I think Pittsburgh uh, was the one team that was doing it quite a bit with uh, Harrison. You know, you got uh, James Harrison out there dropping in a into and, and a deep zone, like, you know, he's one of your best uh, rush guys. Why are you doing this? You know, and there's times I see a defensive tackle drop out, drop back into coverage. And it's basically to, you know, I, that's kind of like a lurking defense or a steel defense to where you're covering that middle up with the tackle. Uh, right. The quarterback right. doesn't, the quarterback doesn't expect it. But yet again, how many defensive tackles are going to catch the ball that's, you know, thrown right at them from a the quarterback? <laughs> so, you know, you have some that I'm not knocking you guys in But some of you guys are talented to do so. But really thinking about it, a lot of them aren't, so. Well, you know, I played
0: 10 years, so you figure maybe 7,000 plays in a game over that span, okay? I estimate in my career that I dropped into coverage 10% of that. So a good 700 plays during the game I dropped in coverage with the fire zones and – Usually it was if there was a single receiver out there, we'd try to drop 8 to 10 yards and get into the flat to make that throw harder over there on the sideline. Or if it was two receivers, we would drop 12 to 15 into the hook to make that deep in route yeah. a, a lot harder of a throw. And that wasn't fun because you also had to play the run too while working on the pass. Uh, um, yeah. and, and it's different. You, it changes your mentality. Then all of a sudden they're running a power play at you. With, right. uh, you know, the guard and the fullback and a power, I got to explain to everybody a power play is when <laughs> no, nobody knows that anymore. But uh, yeah, it is. It gets tricky at times. The key is watching film. I watched a lot of film, which helped out. Um, and, you know, just pay attention to tendencies. I mean, we play these teams two times a year for 10 years. That's a lot. Yeah. So yeah. you get to know some tendencies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Uh, so uh, this week, uh, the Jared Allen news is something that, you know, some relevant chief news. There wasn't that much since, you know, we don't play this week. So we get the bye week. Uh, but one of the big things coming out of the, the Kansas City was uh, uh, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, um, who's been approached by five of the six teams that have head coaching vacancies. The only team being the Houston Texans uh, that did not reach out to him, which – they have problems of their own over there with Deshaun Watson wants out now, uh, apparently. Um, but where do you guys think he's going to go and what do you kind of think will be the best landing spot for uh, coach B and what, what, what kind of impact will that have on the chiefs, Andy Reid and Mahomes of uh, his departure, Jason, you want to go first? Ooh,
3: uh, man. Uh, I, I tell you what, I tell you why I wouldn't want to go put Let me, let me start that first. Uh, I, I probably wanted to take over the Jets. Jets just seemed like a, just a, a dumpster fire to me. I mean, it has just it, it, they 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 they've been trying to climb out of that that hole for so long, and it didn't matter if they got like a couple of you know first round picks and you know I, I thought the quarterback was going to be uh, 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 pretty good. He's he's just he hadn't been panning out like he should, and I I, I don't think it, it would be fair for him to take over a team like that uh with his so much coming up uh my, my other team that i like I, I like uh Jacksonville. And, and and here's why the, i think if you get the first pick right and, and Trevor Lawrence might be the one on the table for them to get right if i'm, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. So you, you get you a, a franchise quarterback and you still got you know a decent you know running game you got some good receivers on the outside you got a decent defense. I think, uh, you know, plus you in the elements that will put you where you can necessarily build a team around a young team and, and do some things with. It. So I, I kind of like that uh, being down in Jacksonville uh, uh, is is probably my number one. But my, my second would be probably with the, uh, the Chargers. So being in their own division, you know, of course, being out there in LA, uh, you got, man, a great quarterback, uh, uh, some great wide receivers, a decent defense, pushing you in, in the limelight out there in L.A. too. Uh, but, if you know, you start starting out, you want to be successful. I mean, I, I like Herbert as, as a quarterback, uh, but that would be because you have two quarterbacks that's great, right? Herbert or you get Lawrence. So that that would be the choice and pick for me. But if I if I had to, like, choose one at the very end, elliot had to be it, right?
2: I mean, you can't just pass up California at that point. Yeah, I like yeah. the Chargers as a pick, too. Uh, also, the Falcons, uh, that, that'd be a good pick. You know, you got Julio, and you got uh really still out there um, with a Matt Ryan, not knowing exactly how he's going to uh, plan out in a, in, a, in a season. But he's a phenomenal offensive coordinator. He's done a great job with, you know, Coach Reed and, and, and Mahomes and Patrick. So, I think he's a good fit wherever he goes. I, myself, would just hate to see him leave what, leave our franchise because uh, it, it, it could change up so many of the di- dynamics of what we do. Uh, and I know Andy Ruiz a great coach, but still, you know, him and the enemy together uh, creates an offense that's way more difficult when you throw in patch Patrick Mahomes and his playmaking ability. Uh, so I just hate to see him go, but you know, it's, it's always good to see uh, especially a black coach of which we have such a shortage of uh, take over the helms of a team and, uh, and, and to show what they're worth, and, and I think he deserves it. Uh, so in that in that sense, I'm happy to see him being uh, offered so many opportunities. Um, I think any team is a good fit for him for what he brings, especially playbook wise. Uh, it's just a matter of who he has at the quarterback position, and if they can do. I don't see too many players doing half of what Patrick Mahomes is capable of doing. So that's going to be his only downfall. Is he can go out with the greatest playbook, he just has to have these players to go out and execute. So if you can't have these players execute, then he's going to be just another one of those excuse me, black coaches that that's had a short term at a team to say, you know, he wasn't what we thought he was going to be and we got to get rid of another one. So uh, I just hope he's successful wherever he goes. Well, the one thing
0: I can kind of say about it is um, going back on what Jason said with the there's a reason why certain organizations are the way they are. The Jets is because of ownership. Uh, the Johnson family has is not really the best owner in the world. I was there for one year. It was the most miserable year I've ever had playing football in my life. Um, and I also was with the Lions for a cup of coffee. And it's also leadership, too, and uh, going on and firing coaches like Jim Caldwell who were winning coaches to get another guy in there just because they felt they were in front of where they needed to be. So that's, that's two things on that. Now I will say with the Atlanta thing with EB, you know, that really might be a good fit right now, as we can see the state of Georgia in the rural, I mean, the urban counties in Georgia are starting to turn more ethnic, starting to get more minorities in those you saw it in the election. Uh, Atlanta's the, Probably the new capital of the south now it's in vogue it's in vogue to vote things like that a black coach might go a long way in identifying with the community
1: yeah i i, I can definitely see that i think um the one thing um i think with jason you were talking about Jacksonville. I, i've heard the whole jacksonville thing <laughs> i i think for me with uh, trevor lawrence I mean, you know you know and being number one pick is not a sure thing i know everyone is is huge fans of trevor lawrence I think he's all right. I, I'm I'm not buying the hype. Just you know, uh, but I think I think Justin Herbert and plus um, he used to. Uh- Coach Bieniemy used to play for uh, in, in for the Chargers that organization, so I, I think that's also another thing there that kind of that connection that he has on top of being LA. Um, and I think the one thing um, which is funny, I was talking to a Chargers fan this week, and they said they didn't want uh, the Chargers to get Bieniemy because they didn't want the Chiefs to get the uh, the the compensation compensation picks for that. <laughs> they said they didn't want to help out a division rival.
2: <laughs> oh, that is right. You uh, once you hire a black coach, you do get some sort of compensation pick.
1: Yeah. Um, so that, that's also another cool thing the NFL is doing this year to kind of promote that. Um, uh, I, I think that'd be awesome for Coach Banimi. But uh, Eric, you uh, mentioned that uh, I guess being without Coach enemy, I've seen the arguments that people say that you know uh, Andy Reid finds an offensive coordinator. He went from Doug Peterson to Matt Nagy to Eric Banimi. We'll find the next Coach enemy or the, co- the next offensive coordinator. What, what, what do you think? Uh, why do you think Bianami kind of stands out differently than Coach Nagy or Coach Peterson? I
2: don't
0: know. I, think I just that, think, Go ahead. I'm oh, oh, sorry. No, you go ahead, Eboy. No, no, no. Go no, ahead, go ahead. You
2: got
0: it. I think that he uh, identifies with the players, um, and you hate to keep mentioning this, but being a minority team is predominantly minorities. That's one thing. But I also think he's able to teach football in a way that makes sense, maybe where he can translate what some of uh, Coach Reed is trying to say to some players who might not get it or he's able to present the information a little bit better so uh, everybody's on the same page. I think um, people respect that. They know that people have their back, especially the the people in power, their, their coaches.
2: Yeah, and that, that translation, go, it goes a long way because I don't think that anything that we've seen offensively, I, I've never seen the plays that we run offensively within any team in the NFL. You know, you, you're shuffling passes to a fullback, underarm passes. And I think it's more so of, of, of EB being able to relate to the type of player that we have at quarterback, you know, depending on where he goes, uh, does he have, can he find that, that relationship with, who, with whomever, with that, whomever he has at quarterback to, to, to run those kind of plays. And yes, Andy Reid has been sort of this uh, quarterback whisperer. He's done well with, with quarterbacks throughout his time uh, as, as a head coach, Uh but never anything like this with, the, with, with, with what Patrick Mahomes brings. And I think with him and Eric bien together, they bring out more of what every talent that Patrick may have had hit because even at Texas Tech, I didn't see him making the plays that he's doing now. So it's, it's more so him relating to the guys and, uh, and, and, and bringing the most out of them. I, I, I feel confident he'll do well with any offense that he goes to. Now, as an overall team talent, will that team be successful? I don't know that. JD, yeah,
3: I, I I tell you what, I I know EB pretty 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 decent man. I, he actually he came to Philly when I was up there, uh, and I, I was the one kind of was taking him around the city, and so EB's uh, really real good friends with a, with a guy that was uh, in front of me when I got to Philly and uh, Jimmy Johnson, tight end, and so you know I've had a chance to to know EB, and I know EB he gets on the guys, you know he doesn't he did not play around with them, and that's what guys kind of need sometimes you know, we have where Nagy and, and, and Doug were quarterbacks, you know, it's it's a, it's a different kind of feel like in the locker room. But sometimes, and, and these guys know quarterbacks in the locker room, like you're above everybody else in the sense. Like you don't really say a whole lot in the locker room, just kind of go around with your head up, and that you, you're supposed to have like this prestige about you. But kind of being a running back, you're, you're kind of that guy that kind of walks through like every part of, of uh, the offense and the defense, the whole, the whole locker room. So you kind of know everybody. And so EB, he's he just got the air about him, and, he, and he'll get on his guys. Uh, and so I know if if he goes anywhere he goes, he's going to be able to relate to the guys and the guys can relate to him because he's going he's gonna to come straight up. He's going to come correct with everything he's saying to guys, like Eric said, uh, uh, Hicks said, he's, he's going to be able to communicate with them and say it in a simple form that everybody gets and understands. Like, yeah, you know what? We played this before. We know that you played. You've been on – in the trenches we know you know that we, we can feel the passion in your in in, in your your thought in, in in your speech uh but you know what uh andy i think it, it doesn't matter who he brings in office coordinator man I, I think sometimes the personnel the weapons you got around you uh andy does a good job of hiring former football players all the guys you see it as his has always been former football players and so he did it when he was in Philly. he came here to kansas city did the same thing so he'll probably find another guy that, 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 that knows the mode, knows the offense, knows the fit. Look, and all these guys sit in meetings. And so he already talks about his mindset about what he wants to run on these different plays. So sometimes it's always a question like, okay, is all of this EB or some of this Andy? So I think it's a little bit of both, right? So Andy will just bring his mind and his thought process to the next guy that's coming in. He was like, hey, why don't you run this? Why don't you, you know, think about running this? And we'll talk about this for the week. Uh, but that, I mean, it's just part of like you know how the dynamics of you know coaching in, in NFL.
1: Yeah, and I, I read uh, a couple of months ago that that Andy um, said that he's deferred more to Coach Bienemy more than he has in past offensive coordinators when calling plays because um, you know everyone always says, "Oh, that's Andy." It's not. It's not the OC. I mean he's you know he's been with the guy for what three three years now um just as the oc alone you know and now and he's saying that he's deferred to him more for calling plays than he ever has before so obviously a lot of what we're seeing is coach b um so we can't poo-poo what he's done uh with the team um and i think they uh, to your point jason uh the rumor is if um coach the enemy goes, which is looking likely um, that they would just promote Mike Kafka, who was the quarter, who was a, I guess, a backup quarterback for the Eagles back in the day, um, well, who's the current QBs coach and he'd end up being the the next OC. Um, but there's also a rumor out there that coach Nagy could be fired if the bears uh, have an early exit. And then he would come back just to kind of the recycling of uh, coaches, coach Reed's uh o- o- coordinators. <laughs> I,
3: <laughs> I, don't I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see uh, Chicago getting rid of uh, Nagy. I just don't see it. Right now, I I just don't, you know. So that's my opinion on it. I, I don't.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, kind of hard to fire a coach after making the playoffs, but I mean we we've seen, we've seen it before with teams, um, which is nuts. The, the, that whole that, that, the Chicago situation is that's more the the whole Trubisky experiment. You know, going going uh, going to um, gosh, who uh, who took over this year for them? It, it was Trubisky, uh, then it went to somebody else, then it went back to Trubisky. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I mean they have their own situation with the whole Trubisky situation. So that's that's the uh that's the thing there. Um also Nick, Nick Foles, another Andy guy.
0: Nick Foles should go in with he already's got the mask for the COVID. but he should get a gun because he has robbed the NFL <laughs> blind.
1: <laughs> now
0: I'm not hating on him, <laughs> but I understand. <laughs>
1: I, I don't think anyone's robbed the NFL more than uh, Brock Osweiler when he got that big contract from Houston, and then the next year he was traded to Cleveland, and then he was out after that. <laughs>
3: oh man! Oh man! I don't even say, I don't even understand that whole that, that whole history with him. I just don't even understand it, man. I, I just don't. I just don't. It, 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 it doesn't make sense. Yeah, the guy
2: that who's the quarterback that played at Missouri that's uh, Chase Chase Daniel. Yeah, he got a he he got a big contract, and I don't think he's got. The stats to, to even say he deserves it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. No, he's been making millions of
3: dollars for a lot of years.
2: Yeah, quiet, I'm talking quiet. about seven, seven plus.
3: Yeah, right. Quiet big, like quiet billions, like real quiet, like sneaking in. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Like <laughs> uh, so we're going to go to the, the, the next topic before we break down the matchups for this week. Um, I kind of want to know if you guys. What kind of wild card weekend memories do you guys have that kind of stand out when you think of wild card weekend? Do you guys have any memories that kind of jump out to you?
2: None for me.
0: I mean, well, that time we backed into the playoffs uh, in 2006, and then everybody had to lose like six teams had to lose. And then we ended up going to play Indianapolis. They went on to win the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, Uh, uh, sure. Nothing really comes to mind. I mean, i always just seemed like Indianapolis was always, you know, a downfall. Just never fair. We always had to see them jokers and see a long headed joker run in with his little trot in the in the in the game. Yeah, I I always hate that. See that joker come in. Hated seeing that joker. You know, so. But yeah, man, wild cards, man. so that was a
1: weekend that you guys did not want to play on. You guys obviously want to make the playoffs, but that was a weekend you kind you kind of just wanted to you know get that by. Obviously,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, that's that's a hard look. That's a hard hill to, to climb. It, it really is. That's why you really don't see a lot of teams do it. uh You know, win it from you know that wild card weekend of just all the way to the Super Bowl. It's it's just a hard road to to go up because, like you said, it was hard to just get in the game. You know, you wishing and hoping that everything works in its favor before you just get in. You, know, you finally get in, you're like, okay, well, you know, the job ain't done, you know, now we really got a hard, you know, a hard roll ahead from this point. So.
1: And uh, Eric, you mentioned that with 2006 uh, Colts, um, I just, I just saw today Antoine Bethea, the, uh, the, the safety, he just retired. He was on that 06 Colts team. He just retired today officially from the NFL, 14 year career. Uh, wow. I thought it was funny. 06 to 2021. So.
0: Yeah, it was uh, Bethea and the other safety was Bob Sanders. Bob Bob Sanders from Erie, Pennsylvania. So that's, that's how I know Bob.
1: Yeah. All right. Great Um, career.
0: He had a great career.
1: Yeah. He was a hard hitting safety, Jimmy. Yeah. He was, I guess, uh, I had a friend who was a Colt fan who was always hot and cold with him. You know, as you know, a lot of fans are hot and cold with players, but he always said, you know, when he played, he was the best safety in the game. But uh, that, I think because he, he would lay the wood so, so much, and I, I guess he got a lot of concussions, a lot of injuries fr- from, I guess, going out there and throwing the hard hits out there. Uh, that was just one thing that, uh, as a Colts fan, they always would tell me. Um, but... Um, he, he, he wasn't no bigger than a minute either, man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he wasn't no bigger than a minute. And he had a real short neck. Every time yeah. you see him out there, man, it looked like just, you know, he had no neck, just all just, the whole body just turned when he was. <laughs> That's just like, like
2: Jason Bowser.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, so as we look at as we look to break down the uh, the, the playoffs this weekend, um, our first matchup this week is the uh, the seven seed Indianapolis Colts and the uh, the two seed Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's a seven-point favorite going into that game in Buffalo. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that matchup and what is the best outcome for the Chiefs in that matchup? What's a team you guys don't want to play out of these two? I
2: mean, we played the Colts. I, mean, I mean, we played the Bills. Um, and I hate to say that we have their number just because we beat them in season with, without using Patrick the way we, you know, have used Patrick throughout the season. It was basically our running game that, that, that beat them that game. But the Bills have obviously gotten better. They got a good defense. And they have, a, I, I think their offense is playing tremendous. Um, so I know I said, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that uh, it was either be the, the Browns or the Colts that we wouldn't want to face, but I mean, just looking at them now and, and what they're doing to a lot of these teams to to end their season with the Bills are on the road, they, 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 they both sides of the field they're looking good, um, so hopefully, uh, you know, the Colts can go in and, and 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 weaken them before they get to us. So I think uh, I think one of the things that you have to
0: <clears throat> think about is. Don't count Philip Rivers out in this game. Philip Rivers, uh, yes. Rivers has played a lot of football, talked a lot of trash, but he's also backed it up now. And Indianapolis might be bringing a buzzsaw into Buffalo. Now, I know it's probably going to be three degrees out, and the Bills Mafia is going to be crazy, whatever fans they let in the stands and all that. But the out- atmosphere outside will be electric. But... Don't count Phillip Rivers out. That's one thing I got to say. That guys a, he's an all-time great.
3: Uh, I'll I, I tell you what, man. I, I, I'm, a, you know, Phillip Rivers to me, man, is, I, I, I'm going to have to cat him out, out on this one, to be honest with you. To me, it just seemed like he always lays an egg. It, you know, it, it really does. And it just, I don't know what it is about him, man, but he always seems to get incensed at his players at certain times, and it, it's always him you know, that, that the one that's messing up uh, and, and plus two, man, I always look at indoor uh, teams, to outdoor teams. Right. And so if you have a, you know, a team that's, you know practicing indoors and you get out there to elements, it's a whole different beast, a whole different animal. And so, man, you get, you're talking about guys don't want to catch the football. You know, you don't want to get hit. You know, you don't want to hit anybody. Uh, but I think as far as like what you see with the Bills, uh, better defense, uh great two two good receivers two good receivers uh good quarterback uh and I, I just don't i don't think Indy has enough firepower offensively to do it i mean it, the running backs are kind of up and down they under they kind of like run back by committee receivers are you know somewhat okay but I, i'm just never really sold on, on uh indianapolis so by saying that uh bills coming in hot ticket that's the ones you really don't want to see but to be to be honest with you i don't even it don't even matter. It, it, it truly doesn't even matter, man. I think you know the Chiefs are going to be ready either way it goes. I mean, seriously, I mean, I think it's it's another year for them. I think the guys are ready. I mean, having uh, getting that 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 needed rest this past week, right? So I know we de- debated that all last week about them having rest in the guys. Guys got the rest now. Let's come at, you know come out here and show it. Now, now I think the guys are ready. Uh, you know, getting that rest, like I said, is just going to you know power
2: through to
1: the Super Bowl. Uh, any prediction uh, predictions for this game? Uh do you guys want to make the other uh, point predictions? Eric?
2: I mean I don't have a prediction on the score wise. I, I think that Buffalo pulls it off though. I I if you want me to pick a score I will go 27 20.
1: Okay. All right so you're, you're taking okay you're taking the spread. <laughs> Eric
2: I think
0: um I think Indy goes in there and does the upset. Wow. <laughs> Take, uh, 21 to
3: 20. all right Get a lot of field, a lot of field goals on one team he? I, I, i'm gonna go 24 14. it's not gonna be a, a a a large scoring game uh like i said i i, I see philip uh rivers and him just kind of tanking it a little bit uh not really getting that there on the board i think is gonna they're gonna come out and play you know uh and, and beat them handily i really do so yeah, 24 14.
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the year, Indianapolis started to play more of a smash mouth ball where they, they did kind of hand the ball off to uh, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor finished the year with like I think the last five or six games with like 750 yards. Oh, he's a hell of
2: a running back. He's good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and then that's the one thing that uh, I'd say Buffalo really doesn't have much of a strong You know, we always talk about our running game kind of lacking. Between Singletary and uh, Zach Moss, They really haven't they really haven't found their niche this year as far as who's the who's the guy in that in that backfield um and neither one has kind of like pushed through as the as the, the lead back on that offense so that's still know. something they're figuring out as well as we are figuring that as also um all right so the next so and if that uh, based on what eric said there if uh, if Colts do win we would that that be a team we play since we play the lowest seed possible <laughs> after this weekend so that the Colts would be our team based on that uh, if they were if they were to pull off the upset um, Okay, so the next matchup is the, is, uh, is the uh, fourth-seeded Tennessee Titans taking on the fifth-seed Baltimore Ravens. This is a rematch to last year's divisional round upset when the Titans beat the Ravens in the dominating fashion that they did. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, Ravens are playing in Tennessee, but they are the three-point favorite, according to Vegas. Yeah, I got, I got the Ravens
2: winning, too. I just think it's, it's that time that um, Jackson gets over the hump. Uh, he When he tends to hold on to the ball too long and, and sit in the pocket, you know, that's where the mistakes come. But if he's committed to the play, whether it's a pass or whether it's a drop back and, and getting out of the pocket, he, he, he does tremendous things to that offense. And so it just comes down to them a matter of who wants to be the first to tackle uh, Henry and, 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 you know, to get that train before it goes downhill. And then that's basically what's, what's uh, motored Tennessee to where they are right now is, is, is uh Derek Henry carrying them. So uh, mm-hmm. of those two, I see uh, Lamar Jackson pulling it out.
1: Eric,
2: I think
0: uh, when you look at it, the Baltimore's defense that that defense travels this time of year, they get on the plane, defense will travel and can carry your football team. Now they're also going against the uh, NFL's leading rusher over 2000 yards this year. So something's got to give one of them has to give somewhere else. And I think it's going to be you want to try to avoid, if you're Baltimore, one of those classic Derrick Henry split zone cutback runs that he does for 50-some yards and uh, start getting a whole bunch of yards racked up on you. Then you start to go crazy and people talk about, well, we're better than this and what are you doing wrong and do your job and all that, starting infighting and everything. I think that'd be key if Henry could break some runs and uh, put some doubt in that Baltimore
3: defense. Yeah, uh, you know, Henry Mackey man is a dangerous man. No, no doubt about it. Uh, but, you know, I'm looking at, you know, Tannehill, is he going to be able to do it uh, if he needs to? And, and that's the thing. If, if you stop Derrick Henry, I mean, the team goes as he goes. And and Lamar, what they do, and what I see on T- uh, Tennessee's defense, they don't really do well against uh, tight ends either. So Andrews does a great job for, for Lamar. And just having an element of a quarterback that can run the football is, is dangerous. You, you just can't cover the entire field. Plus you got some, some, some good speedy receivers guys who may not necessarily be uh, uh world beaters, but you know, you got the fast guy out there. You got uh, Sneed who, who, who catches the football possession receiver plus his running backs are doing a lot more better job too. Uh, and so I think, you know, Lamar, this, he's been, he's been itching to get this, this, this game right here back on the, on the schedule. Uh, and so this might be his one that he's like, look, you know, I got to get this revenge you know, from last year. And I, I think I think they beat them this, this week, no doubt about it.
1: Uh, scores from everybody?
3: 27-24, Baltimore.
0: I say 24-21,
3: Tennessee. Ooh.
1: J.D.? Mm.
3: I, I, I go 24-21, uh, Baltimore. So, I like the 24-21, 20, uh, Yeah. Score, but I, I think Baltimore uh, pulls it out.
2: We got the old combative E hits down. They want to go against the grain and everything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, man, I was an undrafted free agent. <laughs> oh, that's right.
2: I was right there with you.
0: <laughs> I know. You were a sneeze away. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they have to miss their relevant. Y'all get
3: drafted the same year? Y'all came yeah, the we same, came year.
0: same year? Yeah, same year. You?
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: And Victor Riley, yep, yeah, big
3: foot, oh, oh man, <laughs> oh man, that, that, you say you say some some uh, some names now. What's the, uh uh what Gray too? What's uh what was the, uh oh man?
2: Now it was me, Carlton Gray. Now he wasn't with us. We we brought Carlton over from from Indy. Okay. Okay. So that, know, was, okay. that was me, E. Hicks, Victor Riley, Robert Williams, Derek Ransom, uh, Greg Favors. Greg uh, Favors. Really? Dang, who else we have,
0: I I don't remember who the second round pick was that uh, year. Your... Ernest
2: Thurman's Blackwell.
0: Pick- Ernest Blackwell, running back.
2: Yep.
0: Ernest Blackwell.
2: I don't remember. He made that. A suicide from Missouri. Really? Yeah. Well. He did what? He committed suicide. Oh Jesus! Is that right? Yeah. Which? Uh, oh, you say we went to Mizzou? Yeah. So he's a big old dude, big running back from Missouri. And like our first year in training camp, I want to say midway through training camp, Ernest quit, like gave up, quit football. And I don't know what happened to him after that. But then like I I I was sitting here watching um. Uh, one of our old games when i was in nebraska to the game where we had to kick and uh the guy recovered it for the for the win for us at nebraska mm-hmm. against missouri Ernest was on that team i'm like damn Ernest is in the same draft class with us so i was interested but like, i googled him and I, and I saw that he had committed uh suicide wow mm. god bless him uh, what's
3: up, what's up? jd what year you what year did you get there 99 with us nah. Yeah, I got I got there 2000 with you all. So, 2000. Okay. Yeah, I I remember uh, Gunther because Gun, Gun brought me in. Yeah. So yeah. all Gun kept telling me was, he's uh, man. He said, "You, know, Jace man, he made a uh, Leslie O'Neill quit." I just remember you making him quit when we played Philly. <laughs> he said, "Man, he actually quit that game." He said, "Man, I, I had to bring you in. I, I just had to bring you in." I was like, "Man, Gun was my guy, man." I tell you what, Gun, but he was my guy. I know he a lot was of my people guy, too. Was yeah yeah. I, I man, he didn't he didn't leave nothing back, man, but he, he was to me he was straight up and down, man. You know what I'm saying? Like six o'clock. He really was. So uh another guy, man, that, that we lost at, you know, God bless gun man, because it what did he have cancer? Was it something like it what it was? I think it was cancer, wasn't it? I didn't get the the diagnosis. I think that's what it was. I think it was yeah, cancer because I, I had talked to him. Matter of fact, he, he had sent me something over on LinkedIn. Uh and we were kind of going back and forth kind of talking to him, man. But I, I just, I'm, I'm forever grateful for being in Kansas City because of Gunther Cunningham, the old German. You know, he, he always tell that story, you, you know, being a German, the only German in the black neighborhood. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> Like you grew up in Compton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rest yeah. in peace. Yes, sir.
1: And I remember uh, Roger in the Hard Knocks, he was when he was talking to uh, Jared Allen about um, fa- family fun night, or uh, he was he was hating on that, how he hated that uh, part of the uh, uh, of yeah. training camp. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, last um, last matchup of this weekend for the AFC uh, playoff bracket was the uh, third seeded uh, Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the sixth seeded Cleveland Browns. What are your thoughts on that game? Steelers are a six-point favorite. Cleveland Browns have a lot of guys who are on the COVID list right now, so that's kind of a, their own disaster right now. Um, Eric, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's kind of hard
2: to tell. You don't know who's going to play, who's going to who's going to be out there. So um, if it's just based on coaching, I would go off of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin. And, you know, you're getting a arrested, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, so I think they should have enough to to, to pull it off.
1: Eric?
2: I, I agree.
0: Uh, not just because I'm a Steelers fan from growing up, but uh, I think what Eric said in the coaching with Mike Tomlin and uh, all of his assistants, I think they'll have something cooked up for Baker Mayfield. Um, even, even though there's not that many fans in the stands or no fans in the stands, they still have to go up to Pittsburgh. It's still going to be cold. I know they played in Cleveland. It's cold too, but it's just a dis- different atmosphere when you get in that city. So um, I would go with the Steelers. Let's say
1: twenty-four
3: to ten. JD. Yeah, I, I, I didn't say, man. Just the, the COVID is decimating the team, no doubt about it. But man, I, I watched uh, Tomlin in his in his uh, interview, and his eyes, man, just says it all. You could just tell he means business. He's just like, listen, we look, we're coming in. You're trying to run this thing, run the table at this at this moment. Uh, so I, you know, I, I just, I, I take him, man. I, I just got so much confidence, man. He, he's been there before. He knows what he, what to expect. And I think Cleveland, man, is just kind of running that, riding that high too, man. We got the playoffs. So they got the monkey off the back. Right. So look, Hey, did a good job this year. Well done. Guys are hurt. You got a problem, you know, a, an excuse to get out of it. So next year look forward to it. Uh, but I, I see, man, uh, Pittsburgh probably beating these guys uh like you said, you don't know, quite know who's playing. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. 21 uh, Twenty
1: twenty-one fourteen. Now, is there something in uh, something to the fact that, like you know, teams always like when they say, "Oh, that team got hot at a certain moment," as they got into the playoffs. For the Steelers, they were hot at the beginning of the season. They kind of cooled off, and they've kind of, I guess. So to speak, they limped into the playoffs. Uh, I mean, if you look at the last like a couple games they had going to the playoffs, they just not they did not look like the same team from the beginning of the season. Now, is there something to that? I mean, does that does that does that go well for Cleveland as far as you know? Pittsburgh didn't look good towards the end of the season. They Cleveland actually looked all right uh, ending the season.
2: Is there something? But see, to I that- thought that even with that game, you know, they didn't have a lot of their receivers. Cleveland did. Pittsburgh didn't have a lot of their starters, and I thought Rudolph played well to to keep them in that game. They, they could have pulled it off. With a two-point conversion or even a fourth-down stop, and uh, they didn't have a lot of the players. And, and Cleveland had their their top two running backs, who basically uh, were running all over Pittsburgh at the time. But again, you know, a lot of players were missing. So uh, this the week off for Pittsburgh starters might be just a, a jump start to get them back to where they were at the beginning of the season. You know, you get to, to heal some of those bumps and bruises. Um, you know, come back fresh and, and hopefully get things started from where you were at the beginning instead of uh, where you were at the end. So I think it, it, it kind of helps Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I, I think in Cleveland as a team,
0: is a, a young team, they need to play football all the time. They need to be back-to-back with their starters and having some continuity there because,
3: <coughs> yeah, that's what that's what they need to do. You know, I, I, I kind of look at you, you know almost here. You have Pittsburgh, which everybody was almost talking an undefeated season, right? I mean, we we were talking about that at some point, like this is gonna go undefeated. And sometimes when you're trying to figure it out after you get that first loss on you, it's like, okay, what what did everything go wrong at? And then all of a sudden you start finding out that shoot, it's you know this guy back here has been you know doing this and and, and this over here hasn't quite been where you know working well. The, the hot tub ain't quite as hot as you thought it was, and so. All these little things you start you know figuring out like oh okay this is the reason these things have been happening and plus two man I'll tell you what is is you know what carries Pittsburgh is that that defense and 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 losing Bud Dupree man was huge it was huge to that defense and so that part of that energy was like oh well shoot you know Bud is gone you know he he was just an absolute monster on that side and so the, the guys were trying to figure it out and of course you know Juju trying to figure out who he was and He's doing too many selfies and don't let him do any interviews. Like all that just start coming into play. So it was just nitpicking all during that time, you know, trying to figure out get all that, the kinks out of what was going on. Almost, almost look at it like our, our year, we were talking about going undefeated and end of 13 and three, right? Because so he lost one and then we just lost like two. It's like, oh my God, like what's what's happening? What's going on? You know, and I see Pittsburgh kind of, you know, going through the same, you know, emotions, but like I said, man, I, I think now, uh, like E said, having the rest that they needed, then I, I think they're looking to make this playoff run. No doubt. All
1: right. All right, so before we get to the the, 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 tweet, the tweet portion, um, so who do you guys think we're going to play next week? Wait, well, just, just based on your predictions today and, and stuff, I, I guess, uh, what, what's the seed that you think we're going to play this week? I know. According to Eric, thinks Indianapolis is going to win, so we're going to play Indianapolis uh, just okay. based on the seedings. I
3: think Bills, definitely. I, I think Bills for sure. We wouldn't play them though
2: because of the. Seed. Oh no,
3: no, that's right. So we had to. So the seed would be okay. So Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh wins, right? Yep. And then the Bills. Okay, so we we yeah. So Pittsburgh, right?
1: No, no, hold on. It, it would either be uh, oh, uh sorry. Colts. It would either be Colts or Browns. Uh, or the winner of the Tennessee in Baltimore. Tennessee, uh, Baltimore. Okay, Ooh, that's right.
3: Oh. jeez. Mm.
0: Who would you rather see, Lamar Jackson or Derrick Henry? oh
2: my God, Lamar Jackson. I, I think we we rather go to Lamar just because we we've, we've had success against Baltimore. We know his, his his strengths and 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 you know have an upper hand. Uh, on on, uh, on them throughout the last few years, we got a real be- uh, a better shot at uh, beating them. So I don't think we have a. a I don't want to say we don't have much of a challenge against anybody because you can lose any particular team on any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I just rather face what we've already got the upper hand on. That's Baltimore.
0: I agree. You don't want that uh, big monster running around. And getting down to your safeties, if we had to play the uh, the Titans, as you as you know, remember that cold game we played in um, in Oakland, Oakland, in, the, oh yeah, yeah, at the end of two thousand two, and they kept running split Croc- zones, <laughs> and Crockett had to tackle Tyrone Wheatley all day.
2: <laughs> that was hell. <hang> yeah. <laughs> there was poo on the field, poo. Man.
3: <laughs> actually, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go opposite these guys, man. I, I'd rather see Tennessee than uh, Baltimore, to be honest with you. Really. Because I'm thinking right now, and, and Lamar is just looking like, okay, you, you keep counting me out, right? Keep counting me out. Like, same thing. You got the upper hand, and, and look, uh, Harbaugh, is, he, he, he's a guy that I know is getting those guys ready to. Uh, maybe what they, they've learned from, from Lamar these past couple of years where he's been, like, look, okay, these are things you need to do right now to win. And so it's, uh, you know, Harbaugh was under, under Andy when he was up in Philly, I think, for, for a time. So they, they kind of know each other a little bit. So that, I mean, that's Harbaugh's a good thing. coach. I just don't
2: think he has the pieces to beat us. I mean, even Lamar, Lamar's a, Lamar's a phenomenal athlete. Take nothing from me. He, you got to give him credit for it. You know, yeah. he's, he's he's shown it. But just the overall pieces, they don't have, you know, Marcus Peters isn't playing as well, and I think he's hurt too. Uh, their defensive line isn't what it used to be, so no, I, I just don't think that they have it and right now. They're they're depending solely on Lamar Jackson. Well, I mean, but it, I mean, we,
3: we can say the same thing as Derrick Henry the, is uh, Tennessee's line off. I mean, Tannehill ain't gonna. Keep
2: Mike Vrabel is a defensive guy, and, he, and he's he's got his defenses playing well. No big main player on that defense, but they play well. They come out and play hard every week. And once that big freight train gets to going, you know, that, that whole team is playing well.
1: I mean, what's to the fact that, you know, we've we played uh, Lamar three times since we've since we had Lamar versus Mahomes kind of bowls. Playing them four, I mean, beating them four times, isn't that kind of, I mean, they say it's hard to beat a team three times in a row, but being it four times, I, I think that's yeah. a tough ask. I and mean, what, what do you guys think about that?
3: You keep trying it. Keep, keep. Trying to grab the bull by the horns, I guess. Hey, but I mean, if it,
2: but if you have the number, you got the number. But
3: I—that's I, like what I'm
2: saying. So if you beating up on somebody, you're gonna you're gonna say no, I don't want to face you this fourth round. You might knock me out. I mean, keep bringing it. If 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 I got the upper hand on you and I know I can beat you, I don't care what extra you throw in there. Just show me what you got. Keep bringing it.
3: But, but look at the last time we played Tennessee, right? So I, I was at the Tennessee uh, uh, Chiefs game uh, when uh, Mahomes had came back last year, first game back after his, uh, and so. Down there, it wasn't really. I didn't really see a whole lot. I, I didn't. I, I seen how defense played and, and the offense didn't really play well and, and it was just kind of off. But Tennessee, I mean, seriously, if you bottle that guy up, right? And we know, you know, uh, 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 what's the name of it? Uh, uh, Honey Badger plays down in the uh, uh, they call him now, what is it called now? What's this, they call him something? The, the the tenant, the rent or something like that. The landlord, I uh, ran the landlord down in the box. Okay, yeah, I think. Uh, bad's got something for him, and I, and I think that's what it's going to be the key because if you if you bring everybody down and you stop that guy, and they're doing a much better job, look defensively, they're doing a much better job stopping the run, and guys are doing a much better job tackling the two. So, I, I've seen that the past couple of weeks with the defense. If you bottle this guy up, man, he, that's it, you ain't got nothing else. You're you gonna rely on Tanner, you forget it. Uh uh-uh. uh, no, yeah, the out point.
0: Go to, JD, to JD's point, just keep them on the bench. Let's sling that thing around the yard and build up a, a lead. Let's just keep them on the bench. That's right. Or or keep them in pass protection. Yeah.
3: Uh, and I, we, we definitely are capable of doing that. I'm sure you'd agree. Like where you go, D. Yeah, one-dimensional. Make a one-dimensional When now all of a sudden, you know, trying to play catch-up, uh, you, you might as well get it. Now, Lamar? Like I said, that the other week when he came out with the, the uh uh cape on his on his on his on his jersey run out the of the locker game. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, that joker came out to do it. And you knew with him in there, he can make he can make that happen. He's another guy, man, that, that that's five, you know, could could run off, throw the football. I mean, he's got it. He, he's that package, man. He he's just that exciting. But if you had to run the football and try to catch up, I don't see it happening. I, I just don't. I don't. All
1: right. So it seems like we'll probably play one of those two teams realistically it will probably be that, that, that game, unless we see an upset from Cleveland or Indianapolis. Um, either way, I think it's going to be a fun matchup in the, uh, the divisional round. Um, all right, so now we're going to go to our final segment, which is the Chiefs' kingdom concern segment, where I look at some of the Chiefs' kingdom hot takes out there and get each of you guys to respond to one. Our first one, it's kind of a fun one. Our first Chiefs' kingdom concern comes from at Taco Salazar. They tweeted, I'm not telling you what to do at Chiefs. But well, the champs play pretty good when the gold end zones come out. Hashtag #Playoffs hashtag #ChiefsKingdom. Uh, do you guys? What, what do you guys take on the the gold end zones? You guys, are you guys fans of that?
0: I, I can't lie. I don't know if I I've, I've seen that or remember <laughs> seeing it.
2: Yeah, that's them. that's a stat that I'm not familiar with either. Just it, right now, I, I know we've been complaining mostly about our red zone uh, offense. So. Um, if that's the way of us getting in there, just painting goals. I mean, I'm all for it. You know, I, I just I, I do want to see us capitalize on a lot of those those red zone uh, moments and, and and put more six points up instead of three. I'm with you, hey, hey,
3: man. If, it, if if there's any validity to it, yeah, bring out the goal, man. Go yeah. that, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, hats off to the to the crew, man. They do a great job out there, man. The, 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 Grounds crew, just got to get my hats off, man. They do a tremendous job. Great guys, to
2: great group of guys. Probably the best. Terry Lee, Terry Lee, baby. Terry. <laughs> Lee. <laughs> hey man, y'all remember Terry just driving that, that purple mini man with the gold dates? Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that, is, that wow. the same, is he the same guy who's the uh, who's the head of the, the grounds crew now?
2: Yeah, he's still. He's been there ever since we me and he started. Yeah. Damn. Yeah.
1: There's a, there's a
3: lot of guys, man, that, that's been there for a long time, you know, for yeah. a long time, man, to make that organization the, run. All the uh-huh. security guys are the exact same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yep.
0: <laughs> still, won't, still won't let us in the building, though.
3: <laughs> like, can I help you? Like, man, it's JD. Like, yeah, no, <laughs>
0: There's a funny, there's a funny story about that when uh, like Pioli was a GM and uh, Todd Haley was the head coach, and Will was going in to talk to Lamont Winston or something in the building. So he walked in, and this like 23 year old security guard was giving him crap, <laughs> and uh, Will said there was a picture of him blocking for Marcus out right above his head on (laughs) Mark Jones's 100th touchdown. (laughs) Those were darker times.
3: Yeah. 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 Jeez. An experiment that didn't work, so. No. Still got the left tackle, though. Still got the left tackle from back then. Did Will tell him, say, man, hey, look. Hey, hey, youngster, turn around real quick. I want you to look at something.
0: (laughs) I don't know how he. I don't know how he reconciled it, but that was funny. I got cleats older than you.
1: <laughs> All right, our, our final Chiefs Kingdom concern comes from at Hut Cheese. Um, they tweeted Chiefs Kingdom: If you're a fan who has been cheering for Alex Smith's success since he left Kansas City. What does that support look like in the very unlikely scenario that the Washington football team makes it to the Super Bowl against Kansas City? I think this one's more about just seeing, what are your guys' thoughts on just seeing Alex Smith, you know, kind of battle back from that injury and, you know, win the NFC East this year and, you know, take his team to the playoffs, um, just coming back from that injury. What are your guys' takes on that? It's
2: a blessing, you know. He, he's, he's, he's been a true blessing to 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 be back after such a traumatic, you know, uh, injury, and, and and being told they would probably never walk again. Um, to be back out there to lead the team to where he's led them to, I was very happy when he first got out there to to, to get that first victory, make that first pass. Uh, I think he was sacked by Aaron Donald that that same game, so that was kind of a scary moment. But just to see him back and, and to do the things that he's done so far, um, he jumped. Up, he jumped on his back. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was that was a, a real scary moment for a lot of people. But uh, you know, he he's uh he's a true Chiefs at heart. So no matter where he's at, you know, he got his 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 long reign uh, there in Kansas City. And uh, you know, I'm just happy to see he's 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 still in it and, and putting up the, the fight that he's fighting with.
1: Eric.
0: I think when you talk about uh, perseverance, not just perseverance in an athletic injury setting, but in a life-threatening setting, as they didn't know if he was gonna make it at a point. Or if they were going to have to amputate his leg, uh, but just that perseverance from a human standpoint, a lot of people can look to, and uh, people can relate things from football to real life, from football to real life. It really is a microcosm of uh, of both, and I think people could bottle this one up and use it as a story
3: of inspiration for a long time. Yeah, JD. Man, it's just, you know, the grit, man, the inspiration like, that he was just talking about, man. And just, and, it, and I'll tell you what, man, it, it's just exciting just watching any guy come off any type of injury come back to play, uh, and especially him. Uh, I seen him get flushed out of the pocket uh, last week and it looked like he was going to take out running, but you just did you, you see, he didn't quite have the wheels like he used to. And that's fine. But it, I, I tell you what, man, this is what a, just a heartwarming story, you know, just to see him coming back in. My hat's off to him. Uh, but he's, uh, you know, he, you know, he, he's shown his heart, man. He's showing his heart, and everybody's kind of put their arms around him, and 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 and, and duly so, duly so. They, they've been going through some things over at Washington, and I think Alex Smith is like kind of like that, that good, you know, feel good. Besides, like you know, the coach being part of that, man. But uh, Alex, man, is a, you know, a, a, a great chief. Uh, had been a great chief, and, and now just watching him play right now, just just being out on the field, man, is, is a great thing. So. Yeah, yeah. That's,
0: I think if we see him in the game, you know, more power to him. That's just the, the continuance of an incredible story. Now right, we'll have yeah. to go ahead and beat him just like we would any other <laughs> like everybody ago. else. Yeah. <laughs> like go and win, but uh you wish him nothing but the best. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you were to play us in the Super Bowl that'd be a uh like a like a Disney movie. <laughs> see,
2: for one for one it'd be crazy just to see the I, they're not the redskins but to see washington in the super Bowl after having a a, a below 500 season so Lord, you know, that, that, that'd be tremendous in itself or or the announcers
0: having to say washington football team all the time <laughs> that too
3: <laughs> you know somebody's gonna slip up somebody gonna
1: you know it's gonna come out oh uh, yeah well actually they're they're, they're kind of laughing at al michaels last week when, when at the end of the game where he said in the washington in football. When he's supposed to watch the Washington football team, they had won the NFC East. He said the Washington Redskins won the NFC East. So he, he took a he took a um, moment away from what what could have been.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> you forgive me for that, man. It, you know, it's, it's it's new for everybody. It really is. You yeah,
1: know,
3: it really is. take a little time. It's gonna take a little time.
2: Should I? It was, just man, like for not- me. It, it took me a while to get ripped, to get used to. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, I kept calling them Oakland Raiders, you know, San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers. Chargers so, yeah. Right. You know, it, it just takes times. And, and when you've done it for so long, when you've known things for so long, that's what you're stuck with. That's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of it. You know, and just mentioning Alex Smith and his situation, I just thought about the, the other one. You know, we got two of those stories that guys have been in Kansas City that, that have had those tremendous comeback. And the, Eric Berry and the, the, the things that he went through. But, uh, and to get back on the field, so um, it, it's good to see guys battling through so much and and to make it back and, and to to continue being successful. And
0: hopefully, we'll uh, nothing but Godspeed to the young man that was injured last week that broke his femur. Yeah, uh, yeah. defensive yeah. back. I don't I don't remember his name exactly. I'm sorry, but to break your femur, that. That's fairly significant. That's a life-threatening injury. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, Dad, De- DeAndre Baker, the uh, the Baker. Yeah. Up. Yeah, and he, he was having a good game too. Yeah, he, he had a sack, and yeah, he, he was in on a lot of uh, plays last week. He, he was actually showing out, uh, so mm-hmm. that was unfortunate. Um, but I, I read that this week, uh, someone was saying that, you know, a femur, a femur is actually better than what they initially thought, that he was going to tear ligaments in, in his leg and stuff. But I, I don't know. I, I think when I think femur, I think that's a horrible injury. So
2: yeah, either way, I wouldn't want to experience any
1: of it. Mm-mm. Right. Um, it, it last thing on the Alex Smith um, uh, portion was uh, his wife posted on Instagram when they won the NFC East last week a <coughs> uh, picture of his, uh, his, his brace that he had. They uh, put it into a Lombardi trophy. So it, it looks like a Lombardi trophy now. It, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wish him luck against Brady and the Buccaneers. I know he played Brady a lot with uh with us, and he had some good moments against Brady. So maybe he'll bring us bring back some of that Chiefs magic against them this week. Um they're gonna,
3: they gonna need a whole lot of it this week. Ooh. Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Well that does it for our 2021 premiere. Uh, we'll see you next week where we discuss the playoff matchups and discuss the Chiefs divisional round opponent. If anyone in Chief's Kingdom has any chief concerns for these guys, please tweet at us at, at @ConcernsChief and please subscribe and follow Chief Concerns on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Eric, it was great having you on, man. It was an honor to talk to you and get to meet you today.
2: Thank you. Thanks,
1: guys. Anytime. I mean, you like
2: to eat you back on if you want to come back on, man. All
3: right. Just let me know. Will do. Pixie, man, love you, brother, man. Good seeing you, huh? man.